Welcome back to A People's Guide to Publishing. I'm Joe Beal, the founder and CEO of Microcosm Publishing and Distribution. I'm also the author of A People's Guide to Publishing, which distills what I've learned from selling millions of books over the past 25 years. I'm Ellie Blue. I'm the Editorial and Marketing Director here at Microcosm. We are an independent midlist publisher based in Portland, Oregon. We have 14 employees, over 650 titles in print with 20 to 40 new books per year, and we distribute thousands of titles from other publishers. We started this podcast so that we can share what we've learned with newer publishers so that you can learn from our mistakes. Or maybe you just want to understand the publishing industry. This week, we are going to answer a reader question, which is one that seems... You know, it's going to sound a little scandalous, if you will. <laughs> How do I publish without getting my book leaked or stolen? Whew. Oh, and we're joined in the studio by April Studer, author of our book, w Women on Wheels. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we were just recording an interview with her, and we invited her to stay to help answer this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. April, April how, were you concerned that someone would steal the idea for your book before you could publish it? No, I didn't. And I, I mean, I wasn't, I, I wasn't worried about that. But I do remember, and now that I'm thinking back on it, that at the same time that I was researching about one of the characters in the book, Lu Louise, um, there was another researcher, Anne Hall, and she was in Canada, and where Louise is from. And we were researching simultaneously. And so I did start to have this feeling that, like, oh, no, she's going to get her book out before me um, because she's, you know, backed by an academic in the academic world and academic press. And she's already got the book contract. And I'm just kind of writing about Louise because I'm so obsessed. <laughs> and so I was to a certain degree worried about that. But in actuality, um, our aims were different. She was going to write academically. I was going to write more for a lay audience because that's kind of how I write from the blogging world. So it, I think it means that if you're very concentrated on what you know you do well and the subject that interests you most and you're narrowed down to that, then you don't, in most cases, need to worry. There probably are some cases you need to worry. But I would say that as a footnote to that, that you know, we helped each other by the fact that we communicated with each other. We knew that we were parallel but not quite the same in what we were doing. And we found facts that we shared. So there is that possibility. Mm -hmm. That's an amazing answer. I feel like we can just end it there. <laughs> and it's a great point, you know. It's like <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't be intimidated by your peers or threatened by them because they can help you and vice versa. Exactly. And it exactly. is, and it's like, and I think anybody that's ever written a book knows how much work it is. So that ideas are not the commodity. The commodity is like, I spent a year in the research laboratory right. and I've learned all this stuff and then I put it to a narrative and then I researched all the holes in that narrative right? and then I constructed and you know and that's the work of it and then making that like read well and be interesting and like appeal to somebody who is interested in that subject the the value is never in the like I came up with this really good plot narrative, you know? And, and somebody's going to steal it. Right, yeah. <laughs> I think no, that is the presumption, you know? Right, although also when you've finished your book, you find out that when you are trying to pitch it to um, publishers or pitch yourself to an agent to get a publisher, you find out that in writing that pitch, you want other books that are somewhat similar that have been successful. Totally. That's the other side of it. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like so, you want to know there's an audience for the book right. and there's nothing to build an audience like having other books about that topic. Right. And then when you see how they've done it, you can get little hints of like, okay, how can I best package it in the now? And so, yeah. 
Mm. Maybe I, not as much as worry as people think. Yeah, I would say my answer to this reader would be like, don't even worry about it. And the, and as far as like a leap, when you are a first timer or even on your fourth book, if you're selling fewer than ten thousand, your fans want to support you. The only way your book leaks is if. You know they cannot buy it, and the only way to get it is through bootlegging it. You know, your your people that want to support your writing want to support it through buying it, not by finding it on a torrent site or what have you. And in all likelihood, your book like could be on a torrent site, but it probably isn't. You know, unless you're in Russia. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, I guess okay. there's a lot of weird exceptions to that, like or Cambodia or what have you. Yeah. But like at the end of the day. You know, you you cannot go through life afraid of everything that can go wrong. Like you really need to like put forward your best self, not your most fearful self. You know, and, and like I feel like a lot of successful authors become successful because they build an audience through sharing parts of their work before mm -hmm. publication. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like people love that. Like if you have a Patreon or even if you just have a social media account and you're like hey, check it out, here's a page, or here's a paragraph, or even here's a sample chapter. Like, what, one thing we do all the time is publish, like, a chapter or two of a forthcoming book as a zine. And oh. it's, like, the same information that's in the book, but the zine helps promote the book, and then it kind of lives on beyond the life of the book. And um, we didn't do it for yours because I was too busy. Honestly, honestly, the other <laughs> right, I know. So this one would be good for it, too. We could break out one of the stories. We could still do We it. actually still could. It's a good idea. Yeah, because you broke out the Kitty Knox story into a zine, right? So mm -hmm. I think that there are other stories in there, especially uh, from the earlier eras, that could be broken out um, in, into a zine. That would be fun. Yeah, history. we should do that. Yeah. History we doesn't change. It's like one of its best assets. <laughs> we could do Elsa and yeah. Louise to help promote your first oh, book. Yeah, yeah, that would be really fun, yeah. and that would also get me on the track. Awesome. So. Cool. Nice we'll talk. have you do a little, uh, a little writing at the beginning and end. This is good. I'm see. I'm so glad that we have yeah. a studio guest. This is mm -hmm. inspiring in every way. Guests yeah. more often. <laughs> but it's like at the end of the day, you just have to really not live in fear. You have to live out of ambition of like what you want to accomplish, not what you're afraid of. Okay, I have a little question regarding that though. Oh. Then, uh -oh. so is it true though? And no, I know it's not a hard question, <laughs> but I remember that a long time ago that as a writer, somebody gave me the advice that if you had this great idea, you should write it down, put it in an envelope, and mail it to yourself. Have you ever heard of that? It's true, but again... It's, it's not going to really stop anything. Well, again, it's like the work is in doing the writing and creating the story. The, right. work, the value is never in the idea. Yeah. I would say your only concern is if you had a really great idea and for some reason you like told it to someone who works in marketing in a multinational corporation <laughs> doing yes. something similar to what you do, then you need to protect your intellectual property because they will steal it if it's good. And yeah. so then writing it and putting it in an envelope with a date stamp and sending it to yourself is not such a bad idea. It's not. I mean, you will still get squashed like a bug, but... Yeah. <laughs> Like you're much better off spending the $35 at like the U.S. Copyright Office and saying like, okay. this is my piece of intellectual property. Because then when you, then th it's like much more actionable and there are damages and it's no longer, you know, it's not saying like, I did it first, which is really all the stamp does for you. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like it, it creates a better path of saying like, I published this before it was done in a near identical manner 
elsewhere. I'm not sure if I've ever heard this being a concern for writers so no. much, though. Like, I mean, if you're a graphic designer, yes, or a yeah. board game designer, but for yeah. a writer, it's like, unfortunately, writing is not that valuable these days. And, and unfortunately, the, yeah. and the other part of it is like, think of how many Hollywood movies have near identical plots. I know, right? You know, or That's true. literally identical titles. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, right. Like even in that world, which is a multi-million-dollar industry, you st like the gray area is vast. Yes. You know. And one thing I've learned too over studying the novel now for the last two years is that it's not so much the plot is important, but it's can you go the distance with the emotional resonance for the reader. So in some ways, your plot and what you think of as like what you want to write is one thing, and pleasing the reader is yet another that you have to think about at some point in the process. And then pleasing the reader, it's yeah, the plot points are very important, but you've got to take your characters the distance is almost as important. That's on the fiction side, so if this was a non-fiction person, that might not be so important. But I do think it's like, you've got to go forward without fear. So there actually is another book that came out, I think right before yours, called Revolutions. Yes. Uh, that is about the history of women in bicycling yes. also. And I don't know how well that book is doing compared to it, April's book is doing better. Yay! <laughs> and it came out second. <laughs> There you go. You can be second and still come out first. <laughs> it was remainded almost immediately. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And which, you know, is it happened. I mean, and that may be for any number of multitude of factors. Like COVID has not been kind to, to new books no, is one thing. That's but, true. And you know, and then it's like the publisher might have had a ton of new titles and that might you know, might have been okay, but then just been their worst performing one, or the worst performing one that season or month, you know, there's any number of but reasons. But nobody, like, no single person we sold to was like, oh, well, there's already another book about that, I won't buy that. Yeah. Instead they were like, oh, there's another book about that, I'll take it. Right, because right. once you are into something, like, if you really want to find out these hidden histories, you, you want everything that comes out, you're like, wow, ah, yes, a little more info. Mm -hmm. Totally, or yeah. you can, like, just choose the one with the co cover you like better. <laughs> Which is often the way. Guys, <laughs> is pretty awesome, and I'm just saying. Awesome. I mean, I really look forward to when we do when events are a thing again and then we can uh -huh. have those two books side by side and like people oh, will totally. probably buy both of them. That would be great. Totally. You know? And yeah. then you're like, oh, right, because there's going to be nuances between them or you exactly. know, even though the subject matter is the same. There are not so many books about women in bicycling that the people who want to read about it are satisfied yet. Yeah. True. And also in my book, it's very North American concentrated with just a few outliers that were from Europe. And so there's still this vast universe of the European women heroines. So I think they're probably covered more in that book. So yeah, it sort of seems to be that our theme is that you got to concentrate on what you really want to write about and don't get distracted by, by the outer stuff. Thanks for joining us once again. Please send your questions to podcast at microcosmpublishing.com so we can answer them on future episodes. And please give us five stars on iTunes and everywhere else that podcasts are reviewed. You can find us on the internet at microcosm.pub. On Twitter at microcosm. On Facebook at microcosm publishing. On Instagram at microcosm underscore pub. And here in Portland, Oregon on North Williams Avenue. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week.